At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast. A welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 178. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship topics because this is truly a lifestyle. It's so much more than food. Come hang out with me on Instagram and on YouTube. I'm Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. I am back with a fan favorite. (laughs) Dr. Barbie Price is back on the show. We are talking about fruit in this episode. We're talking about wellness in this episode. We're talking about the difference between being focused and being balanced and how he was able to find that for himself. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, I need you to go ahead and catch up. Dr. Price was on episode 107 and also episode 91. And we talk about his story as far as his vegan journey, his his work as a pharmacist. We talk, we do a Q&A with him in episode 107. So definitely go back and catch up on all of that. But in this episode, we're going to talk about how he started a whole new business. He is a co-founder of iHeart Fruit Box. And it's a, basically a trusted source for fresh tropical produce delivered right to your door all over the U.S. and Canada. So we talk about the behind the scenes of him starting that brand, his vision for it, why we all should be eating more fruit that has seeds in them and, you know, hybrided fruit and hybrid fruit and why that's an issue. We just talk about all of the things that we need to think about when it comes to our health and recognizing produce that are actually good for us. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't even need to give Dr. Price an intro because you guys I already know who he is and what he does. So I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. All of the show notes and everything we mentioned here can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 178. You can also order your fruit box at iheartfruitbox.com. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. How you been doing? Like how you feeling? How are you adjusting to like this new way of life these days? Yeah, you know what's been interesting is like, so I moved back to the states after being away for like five or six years in 2018, and it it really was an adjustment for me moving back here. So that was the first adjustment, and then the second adjustment was moving back and starting a business, mm-hmm. and then the third adjustment was moving back starting a business that was doing really well. Because, man, you you can't prepare for how unbalanced you're going to become as an entrepreneur, especially when things are busy. And so I always tell people, when you're focused, you're not balanced. And when you're balanced, you're not focused. Wow. Wait, say that again. Uh, And this is something I really have discovered during the pandemic. When you're focused, you're not balanced. And when you're balanced, you're not focused. And... That is the wave and ebb and flow of life, to be honest, but especially for an entrepreneur. And so 
you know, pandemic hits and nobody really knows what is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. But one thing I've always considered myself an introvert. And so I did pretty well during the initial stages of the pandemic when everybody (laughs) was at home. It was like, oh, my God, I actually get to be at home by myself. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so the initial phase of it was like a lot of self-reflection, like when you really get to be alone with yourself. And so I went through that whole phase of self-reflection. And one of the things I had to remind myself was of how much balance I had lost through the process of being so focused. I noticed a lot of things spiritually had become unraveled. I noticed a lot of things in my body had become unraveled. I noticed a lot of the thoughts that my mind was automatically going to as a default had changed. And so one of the things I just really honed in during the pandemic was, you know, getting back to me. And so I've been on this sort of journey of finding the balance between focus and balance. And I just understand that there isn't one. Like when I'm focused on reading a book, I'm focused. You know, there's no balance with nothing else. I'm just reading a book. And so mm-hmm. I think it's been sort of this sort of organic trade off where I've implemented more things like getting back to my yoga practice, meditating three times a day, you know, reaching out to people I care about, reading more books that are not just about business, but about spiritual and personal growth. So, yeah, that's what my pandemic has been like in. You know, my my business it, it sort of doubled or tripled during the pandemic. And so that was the cause for the imbalance. And now, you know, I'm just in that phase of just reestablishing balance in every area of my life. Yeah. I feel like you either came out of the situation feeling worse about your life or came out of it feeling like, okay, this is what I really want. Because that's the thing about being forced to sit still is that sometimes you're faced with things you don't want to see about your life. Indeed. So, yeah. So as far as your business, when you're talking about your your first business, which is your Dr. Holistic brand, I guess that's the, is that what we want to call it? Like with the the herbs, the teas, is that your first brand that we want to talk about when it comes to tripling? Yeah. So my first brand is what you were just referring to as holistic reengineering. That is the books, the herbs, the herbal supplements, the detox. I think what happened during the pandemic was like people were looking for natural and holistic answers because modern medicine didn't have any answers. Right, right. And so it was like, okay, I got to go back to nature. Like, because that's Mm -hmm. the only thing that's always been consistent. And so because of that, you know, like this is the first time because I'll, and I, I mentioned this on a, even on our first podcast that we did together. Like, modern medicine is only about 120 years old. Like, the invention of the FDA was in 1906. And so it's just over, like, you know, 120 years old. And so we've been using herbs and herbal remedies and food as medicine for, you know, thousands of years. And not only have we been doing it, but animals do it naturally too. Like when your dog is eating grass, like 
they understand something that we have lost. And so I think we had that sort of, you know, rediscovery of, okay, I'm going to go with the holistic option because there is no option. And I think a lot of people in rediscovering a more holistic way of healing and maintaining health, they discovered I need to get back to my health. And so that's why, you know, you know, my business, holistic reengineering, the detox, the herbs, the herbal supplements, the book, etc., sort of grew and expanded during that time because, you know, that was one of the things I really think was beautiful about the pandemic was that this rediscovery of I need to take care of myself because I don't have this crutch to lean back on that's called modern medicine. Absolutely. And not only that, but just like even education. I feel like a lot of parents are now homeschooling their kids because they, in so many ways, were forced to do that. And then they realized that that was the better solution. People probably are more mindful about their finances now, just everything. It really did change things. So speaking of that, as far as like the finances and just behind the scenes of your business, what what did your structure look like though? Because it's one thing to, you know, have your warehouse take care of certain things. But then when you have an explosion of sales, did you have issues with that as far as shipping, as far as getting your products to customers, as far as getting it to the warehouse? Like what, what did that look like during that time? At like the height of the pandemic? It was madness, like absolute madness because, you know, what people don't understand is like America is heavily based on imports. Mm-hmm. Like so much comes from. I think we understand it now, Doctor Price. We didn't understand it before. We definitely get it now. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was one of the issues that I had was like it was not just only things that were being held up outside of the U.S., but like at one point, you know, you had like UPS and FedEx and USPS not delivering at the rate that they were delivering either, mm-hmm. and then the other. Other issue was that because people were social distancing and staying at home, online ordering went up exponentially, which means means that there was going to be an exponential growth in the amount of deliveries that these companies were going to be having. And they Mm -hmm. didn't have the staff, you know, to compensate for that. So, you know, maybe they got 100 packages you know, your postman has a hundred packages to deliver before the post the pandemic. And then after the pandemic, now he's got 450. Yeah. And then people are out cause they're sick or they're scared about what's happening. So they're taking time off. So yeah. Yeah. So it was madness from that standpoint. Also like the pandemic was, is also known as the, the great resignation. So people were not working. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Like we had, they're still not working. Exactly. Like, I think <laughs> last August or September, we had eight million people like resign from their jobs, quit their job. Yeah. So yeah, we had so many people not working, and you—I mean, you would think like you could be able to pay somebody to work, but like that was also an issue too. So right before the pandemic, like I had just sort of set up my system to the point where. You know, I had the fulfillment center because honestly, the first two years of my business, I did pretty much everything in it. What? Yeah. Wow. And so, I, and it was a, it was really a blessing in disguise because once you do everything, you know how everything is supposed to go. Yes. And so, because of that, I can properly train people. Because of that, like 
if something's out of order, I can sense it. You can jump in. Yeah. So, you know, go right before the pandemic, you know, like a couple of months before I set things up, started hiring people, et cetera. And then pandemic hits and people don't want to come in and don't want to work, understandably in some cases, because there was a lot of fear. But, you know, now I'm back to ground zero. I'm, I'm mixing up herbs and encapsulating capsules and shipping out and packaging boxes and doing everything that I had started doing from the, you know, day one. And so that was a huge sort of, it was a huge hurdle to get over and then hire, fire, <laughs> oh, wow. as well. But, you know, all in all, what I can say is, is that, you know, everything is figure outable. I get that from Maria Forleo. Marie Forleo. <laughs> yeah. So I just kept that sort of mentality is like, you know, figure it out, you know, and if you can't figure it out on how you going to get somebody in there, then you need to do it because you can't. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I also realized what was really important was that people were searching for these answers. And part of my success in the beginning was, you know, things like what the hell, like before I, when I started this journey in 2011, and I was talking to people about being plant-based and vegan, like people thought I was crazy. And, you know, I move away for five, six years and come back and I'm expecting the same sort of audience. But because of things like what the hell, like now people are open to the idea of, all right, let me listen to this brother because food might be medicine. Yeah. And I think the pandemic was another sort of, you know, wave of that. It was a wave of, I need to take care of me. So the pandemic really woke up like the whole idea of self-care. And then it also woke up the idea of I have to find natural options. I really think that was a beautiful thing. But like the whole process, you know, as an entrepreneur is always like that. It's ups and downs and figuring things out and getting things done and making sure people are impacted and happy. And, you know, so, I I mean, I really appreciated the process, even though like it felt like I was getting hazed. Yeah, I'm about to say, one in the thick of it, it was probably like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Maybe I need to step back. Maybe this isn't for me. I'm sure all of those thoughts went through your mind <laughs> during that time because I feel like all businesses were struggling in that aspect. So yeah. So let's let's talk about today because since then, I feel like, of course, because you got things back on track, never saying it was completely off track, but you know what I mean? You have some type of balance <laughs> when it comes to your first brand. And then you turn around and start another one. And that's why I wanted you on the show today to talk about iHeart Fruit Box. Yeah. Because like you said, getting back to food is medicine and that importance. And you have a new business, physical, you, you, you still in the physical products thing, but now you're messing <laughs> with perishables like fruit. So what made you decide to start this new company? Well, one of the things, again, that I quickly noticed during the pandemic was the, the, how people were going into the grocery stores and there was nothing on the shelf and mm-hmm. how food security became a big topic. Yes. Like a lot of people, you know, didn't realize like 
it wasn't just natural foods that were being sort of, you know, ransacked at the grocery store. It was toilet tissue and it was canned goods. It was everything. And so it made me think, like, when you start to look at the economy of the U.S. and you start to look at the direction of where we're going, you start to look at a potential World War III happening, and you start to look at inflation that's almost at like 10% when you account for everything, and you see the prices of food growing exponentially during the pandemic, it was like, well, what's the most important thing, Okay. The most important thing is that we have access to food and not only just food, but access to food that is nourishing, that is not toxic and food that is natural. And I I always say this to people, 80 to 90 percent of the food that you see at the supermarket didn't exist 50 years ago. Mm. Like most of those brands, none of them existed 50 years ago. And so it's hard to even say that we're eating food anymore, especially if you turn it on its label and start to look at the label. You start to question, like, you know, like, if this is spaghetti sauce, why is tomatoes like the eighth ingredient? Mm-hmm. Because that's how, you know, when you're reading a label, the first ingredient is what the product is mostly com- yeah. composed of. And mm-hmm. so when you start to look at it, you're like, you know, the direction we're hailing with so many GMOs, genetically modified foods in the market, they even changed it now where now they have to like Congress changed where they're you're going to they're going to have to put there are bio engine bio engineered products or organisms in this food product. Now, I've seen it on the labels now. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but I know in Europe, that's the requirement. I didn't realize it was in the States now. Yes. So like any new products and then old products have like a certain period of time. But so, yeah, you got to understand that, you know, I I believe and I said this in the beginning, like genetically modified foods came out in the 90s. They spread on the scenes in the 2000s and they're going to become commonplace. And what people don't understand about genetically modified foods is that they're heavily sprayed with pesticides, herbicides, and insecticides that cause cancer and other issues. And a lot of the issues that people are seeing with autoimmune conditions and so many other things that are popping up now is because of those type of things. And so I said to myself, I have got to figure out how to secure my own food. And, you know, because I do a detox with people and I have a detox and one of the primary things on the detox is what you eat, because you can't be clogging your body up and adding toxins to your body while you're simultaneously trying to cleanse it as well. And so the idea was, all right, let's figure out how we could become part of solving the problem of food security because we're we're headed toward a real issue and I don't think people understand that like we know that in urban neighborhoods there's a lot of issues with food deserts not having fresh produce and fresh foods and our neighborhood being riddled with fast food restaurants instead of healthy options we know about that but what we don't know is like the direction we're heading is we're not going to be having very many natural foods at all in the supermarket. And so came together 
with my partner who is very, she knows everything when it comes to sourcing seasonal fruits from tropical regions of South Florida, also the Caribbean and South America and even South Africa. And the reason why, and people have asked me, well, why fruit? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. You knew that. (laughs) So why fruit? And not vegetables. And not vegetables. (laughs) And, And so the thing is, is that what people don't really understand about fruit, because fruit has really got a bad rap. And it's gotten a bad rap because it's been wrapped into this conversation around sugar. Mm-hmm. And what people don't understand is that all sugar is not created equal. And so, but what they've done is made the sugar and fruit equal to the sugar that you would find in a pastry, in a coffee, in a, a drink, in a in bread, etc. And it's very different. And I can, I'll explain why in a second. But the other thing is in, in my book, Vegetation Over Medication, and, and I have a, an entire chapter where I talk about the importance of digestive rest, which means that you give your stomach a break because most of us eat like cows, like we graze throughout the whole day. We have Mm -hmm. breakfast and then a snack between lunch, and then we have lunch, and then we have a snack between lunch and dinner, and then we have dinner right before we go to bed. Okay, Mm -hmm. so while we're asleep, we're spending most of our time digesting food. And so our bodies are never in a state where they actually can rest, okay? And I'm saying rest because digestion takes more energy than any other activity that we do. That's why if you overeat, you get itis and you get sleepy, you know, because, you know, it takes so much energy to be able to burn, which is the metabolized food down to an ash. It takes a lot of energy to be able to do that. And one of the really cool things about fruit is fruit is the most easily digestible food there is in the world. That's the first thing. And so you eat a piece of fruit like a melon, it will take 10 minutes to go into your stomach, go into your digestive system and be processed. You know, that's why when you eat fruit, you still feel light. You don't feel full. Okay. Right. But you are nursed. And so that's a huge part. The other thing is fruit has... That's primarily where we get most of our antioxidants like vitamin C that is critical for our immune system. That's where we get a lot of our minerals. That's where we get hydration from food food as well. And that's also where we get a lot of our fiber as well. And that's a really key point because the issue that people think is an issue around sugar and fruit, it's a non-issue because of the fiber that is in fruit. Whereas when you look at pastries, pizza, you know, even like sugary beverages, they have no fiber. And what the fiber does when we eat it, that fiber blunts the effect of the sugar, meaning instead of that sugar just being spilled out into the blood, the fiber holds on to the sugar and releases it like a time release Mm -hmm. so that the pancreas can release insulin and have time enough to collect each of those sugars and deliver them to the muscles to be actually used and metabolized for energy. And so natural fruit is very important. And that's sort of like what we specialize in because most of the fruit that we're getting from the market, a lot of it is seedless now. So, you know, you get watermelon 
from the market and it has no seeds in it. And people are right. trying to figure out like where the seeds. That's wild because we were growing up. That's the seeds were annoying because there was so many of them. Yeah, and that that was the telltale sign of watermelon. Like you know, watermelon right. has seeds. But here's right. here's the really cool thing, and I talk about this a lot. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds have characteristics and features. One of the primary things that distinguishes a fruit as a fruit is the presence of a seed. So if you don't have seeds in it, it's not a fruit. This is why tomato is considered a fruit because it has seeds in it. This is why a cucumber is considered a fruit because it has seeds. This is why avocado, avocado is yeah. considered a fruit. This is why even butternut squash is considered a fruit because when you crack it open, it has seeds in it. That's what the very definition of fruit is. And so it goes back to the conversation that I was just having, like so many things are hybridized, genetically modified now that we don't even know that they've changed the nature of, you know, the fruit. And we don't know that it's not natural. And Mm -hmm. so I always tell people, if you're eating something that is considered a fruit, grapes, watermelon, et cetera, and you know that it has seeds or should have seeds, but it doesn't have seeds, then first of all, it's not a fruit because that's the definition of a fruit. And if it doesn't have seeds, but it should have seeds, now you got to even question, is it even food? Because food is supposed to be nourishing. Food is supposed to be cleansing. And so if you're eating something that doesn't have the features that nature's nature created for it, then you got to really question whether or not you're eating food and what the hell are you eating? Mm. And I always tell people, you know, like in nature, things come from seeds. Like we come from a seed without the seed. We, we cease to exist, Mm. you know? And so once you take the seed out of the, out of the equation, I mean, even bananas, I remember growing up, and open the bananas up, you will always, always see those little black speckles in there. Those are seeds. Yes. Tell me why I didn't think about it until you said this to me when we spoke last week. I was like, dang, you're right. I don't, yeah, I remember the seeds and bananas when we were growing up. And I do not see those anymore. Yeah. And so uh, the reason why things have become so hybridized, and there's a, there's a, a, a difference between hybridized and genetically modified. But What they're doing now is hybridizing things to make it convenient for you and also not only to make it convenient for you, to make it produce more of a yield and not only to produce more of a yield, be able to be resistant. You know, like they make wheat now that is drought resistant. So even if it doesn't get water, it's still going to grow. You know, like they have taken tomatoes and taking a gene out of the uh, flounder fish, the Arctic flounder fish that can survive in cold temperatures. And this is why you can grow tomatoes during the winter. Mm-hmm. You know, they've taken things like salmon and now they've created these genetically modified salmon. And I'm talking about fish. Yeah. And so, so many things have been sort of deviled up in the food supply that this is why we at our, our, our fruit box said that we need to be a part of the solution to make sure that not only are we providing real food to people that is seeded because all of our fruits have seeds and that is seasonal 
And that's a point that most Americans don't know about, that fruits are seasonal. Yeah, because we can go in a store and just grab whatever we want at any time You can always, you can even yes. always get watermelon, even though watermelon yep. is a summer fruit. And I would not want to eat in December. I can only imagine what that tastes like. <laughs> and mangoes and the list goes on and on and on. But people don't understand the consequences of what they're exchanging when they actually are eating these hybridized fruits. You know, these mm-hmm. bananas that are like huge, like they're the size of plantain, you know, and that's that's actually not how bana- that's not how bananas are naturally. And so. We provide bananas that, you know, are, you know, natural and that have those little black speckles, those seeds in them as well. And the reason why that's so important is, A, you're getting a natural product. And so the potassium that they're always bragging about a banana has, that's in a natural banana. That's Mm -hmm. not in these hybridized versions of it. And it's also that potassium is going to be very different because you're getting a natural potassium. It's like, comparing alkaline water to natural spring water. Alkaline water is alkalized water, meaning they added synthetic electrolytes to it to increase the pH. Whereas natural spring water gets its minerals from the earth. From the earth, yeah. And those minerals, even though they're, when you look on the label, it says potassium, calcium, magnesium, and it looks very similar. They are not the same. Okay, and it's the same thing when you go into the supermarket. You know, the fruits look the same, but they're they're not the same anymore. And they've done mm-hmm. comparisons like an apple in 1952 versus an apple today. Like the apple in 1952 almost had ten times the amount of nutrients in it. And mm-hmm. So we pride ourselves on actually providing natural, seeded, seasonal fruit. So when it's out of season, we don't provide it. And so you're going to get a product that is packed with minerals and you're going to get fruit that you won't be able to find in the grocery store because it's tropical fruit. So you're going to get things like cacao, which is nature's chocolate. I mean, chocolate chocolate comes from. I mean, I've never had it natural like that. Like um, the cacao, like pod. Is it like considered pods? Right. I've never. What does that taste like? So the outside, I've been told, and I, I kind of agree with it, tastes like a Jolly Rancher. It's Ooh. really sweet. So you suck that off. And then the inside of it, which is the seed, the seed is actually the, the cacao nibs. It's the chocolate. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever gone into the store and bought those cacao nibs, that's actually where it comes from. It comes from. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have cacao. We have soursop, which has been scientifically proven to help reduce tumor sizes and cancers like breast and prostate cancer. People can look that up for themselves. We have the variety of mangoes that would make you addicted to them. So like not these run of the variety of mangoes that you're going to find at the grocery store, but we have Haitian mangoes. We have the Atapalo. We have, you know, East Indian mangoes. And sometimes we even get the Jamaican Julie mangoes that are super sweet and fibrous as well. So fiber is the key to our gut health because the good bacteria in our gut, other otherwise known as probiotics, feeds off of fiber. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we have star apple and star fruit and mame and all of these fruits you probably have never heard of if you didn't grow up in the Caribbean. 
But these are the kind of fruits that are indigenous. They are original fruit. And they not only are tasty, but they are really healthy for your body. They not only help you keep your health, but they, in many cases, can actually help you reclaim your health. And then the other real cool thing is, is that, you know, if you got kids, like, and you're trying to figure out how do I get them off of this Chick-fil-A diet that I have unintentionally put them on and get them to eat healthier things, like, this is the way. Because a lot of the mm-hmm. food, like I said, are super sweet, but they also look very interesting. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so when, you, when you start the, I mean, it's, it's like fun time when you're eating fruit. You know, so a lot of people who have ordered our boxes have sent us pictures of them with their family and the kids are like cheering, like, (laughs) (laughs) and so that's been the beauty of what we've been doing so far, because myself and Crystal and the rest of the team, we, we look at every comment, we look at every posted review. And we're just loving that effect that it's having on families and also just individuals like myself. I love fruit. Like, I literally could just eat fruit and I'll be cool. Mm. And so a lot of the love and reason why we, we started the company was because our own personal love for eating fruit. Yeah. I love this. Let's talk about, because we we hit on the salsa, we hit on the baby bananas. What about the avocado? Because I know the avocado with the, what is that called? Is it Haas avocado? That's in the grocery store, the most prevalent one? Yeah, that's the most you mentioned, Yeah, you mentioned to me that the one, the big ones with the green skin are actually better. Why? Well, I, I was saying in the video, they're better because they the taste is off the charts. Like, it tastes, just imagine, because most people, when, like my friends, when I tell them how much I love avocados, they're like, I don't know why. It's tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> but the the one that I had in the video, which was, a five, I believe, a 5-5 five, five avocado, it tastes buttery, and it tastes like it, you added pink Himalayan salt to it. Mm. So it tastes like that without adding those things to it. Okay. And so that's why I really enjoy it for that reason. And then the other thing is it's seasonal. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I can't get it right now, unfortunately. But I'm looking forward to it. The avocado hops that you find mostly in the grocery stores, most of those come from Mexico. And I'm not saying that they're not good for you, but what I'm saying is is that they're mass produced. And because they're mass produced, and many times when they're mass producing anything like that. They do things that are not in alignment with the natural process of things. So sometimes they're sprayed to keep bugs off of them. Sometimes they're irradiated, those type of things. And so I really enjoy, you know, that avocado because it just has it does have more of a taste to it when you compare it to the the Haas. And I had somebody comment. They were like, that thing is huge. It looks modified. And I was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think you opened it to see was in there, so we know we, we good, right? <laughs> yeah. here's, the thing, here's the thing, like, most people, and I said I, I have to educate people on this, most people don't understand that there's over 80,000 edible plants, and most people only eat 20 to 30. 
So now I don't even think it's that many. I don't even think it's that many. You think it's that many that people are eating? It's probably more like 10, five. Yeah. yeah I, I, well, I'm, I'm using like the average person. Uh-huh. Well, I'm using like the somebody who's plant-based or vegan, but the average person, yes, it's like five to 10. Right. You know, but if you're vegan, maybe like 20. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but the point I was trying to make about that is, is that most of these varieties of fruit, because you have to understand, like if I grow a fruit in Grenada, Versus growing that fruit in Mexico, it's not only it, it's going to look different and taste different because the soil composition is different. And so, a lot of times when people see different varieties of a green leafy vegetable or a fruit, and they're thinking that it's a hybrid form of it or a genetically modified form of it, what they understand is because it c- comes from a different place. Meaning, many of the all of the fruits that we get they come from tropical places. The soil in tropical places is very different from the soil in the northern hemisphere. And so it's much more nourishing, it's much more providing, the weather is more conducive. So the fruit itself has much more of an opportunity to grow and expand and be tastier, not only tastier, but even bigger in some cases. That makes sense. What about key lime? Because what's the what, why is that better than just getting a regular lime in the store. Yeah, so key limes are not only good because they are packed with minerals, but they're also seeded. When you crack them open, there's going to be like five seeds in this little sort of key lime that is about the size of a, a grape. Yeah. And so it's rich. The presence of seeds is hugely important. I can't stress that enough, but the presence of seeds is hugely important. So it's, one is alkalizing because it has a high mineral content. And so that's a really important part of the equation. But also it has a lot of antioxidants in it as well. You know, like, so f- it's, for me, I use it in the morning. Like, it's the first thing I have in the morning. I have a tea every morning. And my teas always have the key limes in them because they're alkalizing. As you, When you compare it to something like a lime or a lemon, you know, a lot of those are hybridized. What I mean by hybridized, meaning they're grown in such a way that is in not in alignment with natural farming practices. And mm-hmm. so the key limes are, you know, essentially like the mother or father to the lime because it's been hybridized in many ways to make it bigger and to make it grow during times of the year that is and, and in places where temperatures are colder, that sort of thing, that key limes wouldn't naturally grow. And so that's why I use key limes over limes and also lemons because they're alkaline. Okay. So we talked a lot about the fiber and why that's so important. So let me ask you this. How do you feel about juicing? Because I know you lose a lot of that, of course, when you juice. You lose all of it, don't you? Yeah. You lose pretty much all of the fiber. And so that's why it's so important for people to realize, especially when they're making these juices that contain a lot of sugar, like say, for instance, a lot of people, when they're buying their juices, they want juices from fruit. They want juices from things like apples. They want juices from things like pears, et cetera, et cetera. And I tell them, like, you have to balance that out. And the reason why it's so important to balance that out is because the lack of the presence of fiber. And especially for the people who have a sugar imbalance in the first place. 
Right. So if you yeah. already have an imbalance in your blood sugar, then you definitely need to watch out for that. Now, you still can juice, but what you need to juice is more green leafy vegetables. Okay? So you need you actually need more green juices than just the juices that taste good. And I think what happens is like, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up I grew up unfortunately drinking Kool-Aid and Minimade. <laughs> and, and, and Sunny Delight, things like that, and tank, things that were flooded (laughs) with sugar. And so we're used to that, and we're thinking we're getting a healthier version of it. And to some degree, we are. But I think it's important that people understand, like, the importance of eating and drinking holistically. Like, you have to think think with the end in mind, what is this going to do to me? I think, especially for people who have sugar imbalances, it could be a potential issue for them, but if they drink green juices, they don't necessarily have that effect. Because if you have, you know, a juice with cucumber and kale and another green leafy vegetable like dandelion, and you throw in some ginger and then some key limes and then maybe an app, a green, a Granny Smith green apple, you end there like swimwear. Oh, and that's incredible. I just got a new juice or two. I'm making this. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so that's Love a, that. a lot of people uh, who, you know, buy our fruit boxes, they'll take a portion of the fruit and juice a little bit because it can be so tasty and our fruits are so sweet and that's mm. thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. But always think with balance. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So look, let's talk about that then. So when people get your boxes, because a lot of times these are going to be fruit that they haven't been exposed to, like you said, unless you grew up in the Caribbean, you're not going to know what to necessarily do with it. It's not just getting a box of apples or bananas. So what do people need to think about when they get their box? Is it going to, is it just one of those things where they just kind of peeling the skin and eating with eating the flesh or do they need some type of direction as far as what to do because it looks like a, when I look at your boxes it looks like it's a substantial amount of fruit and of course we don't want it to go bad yeah so what are some things that they need to consider well the first thing is have an open mind because you know I remember when I first started my plant-based journey and I was look I mean I'll be honest with you when I went plant-based in 2011 I think it was yeah I did not know what an avocado was. And I know that sounds But that's crazy. the case for a lot of people, yeah. yeah I know yeah. it sounds crazy to some people. It doesn't. It doesn't, but to I, me at I, least. I had yeah. never, I, I probably saw avocado at the market, but I would walk right past it because it was like. Didn't know what it was. Right. I don't know what it is, and so it's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like the first and most important thing when you get the box, have an open mind to experience something new. You know, I always ask people, like, when was the first time you did, last time you did something for the first time? And for a lot of people, this is going to be one of those experiences. And so have an open mind. The second thing is we got you covered. You don't have to know what it is. We've solved that issue for you because we created a ripening guide on our website that you can simply go to on the header page, iheartfruitbox.com. Click on the guides and you'll see ripening guide. When you click on that, it's going to give you the picture of the fruit. It's going to tell you what the fruit is, the name of the fruit. It's also going to tell you how to ripen the fruit as well, because a lot of our fruit, because you don't know what it is, you probably don't know how to, how long it takes to ripen or how to ripen it, those sorts of things. Should you refrigerate it? Should you leave it out on the calendar? 
that counter. All of those things, we're gonna we've already solved that problem for you. So as soon as you, even before you get your your box, go to our website, click on the ripening guide, the guide, and click on ripening guides, and we'll have all of that laid out for you. So it won't be an issue. And so when your friends come over or your mom, you're on FaceTime and they're asking you like, "What the hell is that?" You're already prepared to tell them, "Oh, this is soursop. It comes from the unknown Americana tree." I love it. That was good that you did a guide because that's that was my where my mind went. I actually looked at the guide the other day, so I love it. It's like really colorful, good directions on there. It tells you like how to, like you said, eat it and take care of things. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah, so it's like thirty pages because I love how you guys covered everything that's a possibility in the box since everything is seasonal. You just covered everything that'll likely be in the box year round. So that's good. Yeah, and so shout out to. Saeed on our team and Crystal, who really were sort of the engineers behind that. And so they did a really, really good job with the ripening guide. They did. They did. Before we wrap up, Dr. Price, is there anything, any final thoughts you have? I know I'm going to refer people back to the first two episodes that we did where you covered so much information as far as living a healthier lifestyle. But is there anything else you want to follow up with as far as like our you know, your final thoughts and also tell us how we can go purchase our own box. Okay. Gotcha. So one of the things I think has been like the big question and sort of people trying to figure out how do I live a more of a holistic lifestyle, healthier lifestyle? How do I better do self-care? And I think mm-hmm. fruit are like the perfect sort of like gateway drug, gateway drug in a good way. Like, because they're tasty it hits that sugar that people love and that humans are just naturally sort of prone to the move towards. And I thought, I think that if people were to kind of get some fruit that they've never experienced before, and not only that, like they have a really great experience, not only on their taste, but, but in their body, I think it will help them sort of navigate the whole field of transitioning into a healthier lifestyle and also for vegans who are already healthy or plant-based people to experience something new and different as well. So I think that that's a really big thing for people. And then I think the other thing is, is that, you know, uh, you can go to our website, iheartfruitbox.com to check us out. We have variety boxes where you don't have to order individual fruit, where you can get a variety of fruit all together at once and try them. And that's the box that I really love because you're able to get five different varieties, six different varieties, four different varieties of fruit to try all at once. So that in the future, you know, if you want to order an individual box of a particular fruit. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really dope. And follow us on all social media platforms at iHeartFruitBox. We're always just trying to provide content and show you what living a life with fruit is all about and how we incorporate that into our lifestyles. Love it. So I thought that was my final question, but actually my final question is, what are you looking forward to in the next few years? We started off, of course, you talking about, you know, the focus and the balance and just figuring things out. So is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? Yeah. So I think the big thing is, so the fruit company is definitely a part of the ultimate vision for myself, which was, to buy a farm and create a holistic center on there where people can come recalibrate, detoxify, and rediscover themselves. 
And so the fruit company is just that next step towards that goal. Mm. That's the ultimate vision for me because that's the lifestyle I want to live. And so I want to create a a healing space for our people to be able to do that, to have an opportunity, the space, and not only just the space, but the safe, a safe space for them to heal with yoga, therapy, detoxification, nature trails, animals, growing food, those sorts of things. So that's that's what I'm really looking forward to, to provide that not only for myself and the people I love, but everybody out there as well. I love it. As always, thank you so much for being on the show. You always bring such light to us. And I'm thankful, so thankful that you always give me your time. And I just look forward to seeing everything as it continues to grow for you and your brand, your business, your life. Thank you so much. And thank you for growing with me. It means the world. I've been on this podcast, I think, three times now. Yes. And every time I've enjoyed the conversation and I enjoy your audience and I look forward to us doing this again. Yes, me too. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.